This is Admiral Akbar here to tell you that it's time to do the show. Bye, I mean Sue the Doll with Aaron and Danae. They're streaming on Mixler every Tuesday at noon central. Or around there. Or available to download later in your podcast feed. <laughs> Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Your ears can't repel humor of this magnitude, so it's time for the show to begin. Let's listen in. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, here's Aaron and Danae. I did not. I did not expect that. Yeah, that tickled you. I did not expect that at all. You you doubled over in laughter on that one. Yeah, I just busted up laughing a little bit. Uh, Shoe the Dough is recorded live in front of an internet audience, and uh, that time is a little flexible these days, so it's somewhere afternoon before 2 o'clock, somewhere in that range. And yet, you're still joining us. Thank you guys yeah. for, for being there. If you're able to join us live, it's on Mixler, M-I-X-L-R slash Shoe the Dough. And thanks to Admiral Akbar for recording that intro for us. It's a trap! So, Danae, um, you're going to give some lessons from Danae right off the bat here. Yeah, how to get out of bed show. properly. How to- yeah. Well, how to how to make sure you're fully awake in the morning. Now, all of these lessons are directly from Danae's life just this morning. Yes, yes. So she has pulled from her own life to help you understand how to be fully awake, which is appropriate considering we're doing a, a an episode today on sleep, laziness, those kind of things. So step one to make sure you're fully awake in the morning. I'm ready for this. When you put your smartphone down as your alarm, set it. In a very precarious matter mm, so that good. when it goes off and you go to figure out where it is and you're grabbing, re- reaching for it, it slides between the headboard and the bed and then disappears into the beyond. I like it. So step number one, make sure you lose your phone so you yes. can't find it. Um, also, a really, really good idea is to have an alarm that is blaring and going off uh-huh. at a really loud, you know, my alarm is low rider. <laughs> So I recommend something that's just playing. I really want that version. <laughs> Mine's like the legit version, but uh, that one would be better. Yeah, no, I think that works. Also, what happens is if you're uh, if you're married, your spouse is waking up to the sounds of you mm-hmm. doing what has to be done to find the phone. And here's here's that that's here, next step. Okay, for becoming fully awake. Getting the phone. Okay. So here's what I did. I recommend it. You roll off the bed still wrapped in your covers and blankets. Okay. This way, you can't really stop yourself from falling (laughs) down with your legs. You just sort of burrito roll. burrito yourself right into those blankets. Mm -hmm. No way to stop the fall. I use down comforters. (laughs) So it muffles the fall, which is nice for anyone that's still trying to sleep. I get it. Um, fall down comforters <laughs> i get it i see what you did there i like how you always think that i have a plan no, for I'm that trying, I'm, no i'm letting other people think you have a plan for that oh so you just claim it you just claim it i can't claim it that's not mine <laughs> i did not see that coming i thought that was clever <laughs> <laughs> i love how i say clever things and then you make them clever because most of your body is now covered and wrapped up in the, like little Burrito fashion, uh-huh. you commando crawl to where your arm can go into the black hole behind the bed. And this is where step number three to how make sure you're fully awake comes into play. Embrace the fear. Yeah. Of reaching behind the bed and not knowing what is back there. <laughs> Let the adrenaline of wondering what your hand may brush up against when you're looking for your phone wake you up. In recent history, we've had a snake problem in the house because uh-huh. there was a live snake in the middle of our living room recently. 
So that's playing in my uh-huh. mind as yeah. I'm reaching it's into this dark hole. It's obviously an Indiana Jones-style nest of snakes under there. And then just a few days ago, was reclining in bed. Uh, I was looking at my smartphone and in the near distance of my uh-huh. eyesight. Just a little out of focus. Over the crest of my knees uh-huh. comes a spider. Nice. It was like... Along came a spider. Hey, what's up? <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're a really interesting looking spider. Are you poisonous? And it said, we'll never know. <laughs> and I was like, yes, we will, because I'm going to squish you <laughs> and keep you so I can show you to my dad when he comes over in a few weekends. <laughs> nice. So that happened. And, and his response was like, okay, cool. Should have expected it. <laughs> and then he died. So, yeah, I'm reaching back behind the bed. All these thoughts going through my mind. I think that's a great one. I, there is there is no better way to get fully awake than fear. You know? Yeah. Trapped, wrapped fear. You've seen people in TV and movies where they're having a nightmare and they just sit straight up because they had a nightmare out of fear. That's, I'm, that's fear is the best wake up potion. So I, I agree think that's with a good that one. statement. All right. It's not the last thing that happened this morning, though. No, no. I mean, I do eventually get the phone. It was this big ordeal. I finally get it. And, and then I get ready and I get my coffee in my container and I'm leaving. And my coffee has a button on the top where if it's pressed in, it's like a it's a solid tumbler. So if it spills over, mm-hmm. nothing's actually going to come out. No liquid is lost. Yeah. But for some reason, like I went to go take a drink and it was pressed. So I had to, you know, like pop it. And yeah, yeah. So I could actually you can't drink, drink my coffee. Yeah, yeah. But when I went to go press it, it wasn't pushing very well. Uh-huh. So I had to really get into it. And mm-hmm. it's like, what is going on? But it's, the pressure must have been built up inside somehow. This has never happened before. But I finally got the button to compress. And then oh, hot coffee liquid <laughs> shoots out of the lid. Like it was like a projectile. It was all over my face. This is while I was on the highway. So also making sure you're awake is hot liquid to the face that smells amazing uh-huh. yeah. while going 80 miles an hour on you know the well, interstate. The, the bonus of, of shooting coffee into your face is it gets on your clothes and then you've got that wonderful awakening smell Aroma. of coffee with you everywhere you go the rest of the day. The bean is with me. <laughs> all day i've got the bean with me see i think that's beautiful it's just a one through four steps of making sure you're fully awake although you probably should have made sure you're fully awake before step four considering you were driving yeah (laughs) so probably a good idea to be fully awake before you take the wheel i mean i think i think that could be a book (laughs) maybe like a tabletop book like a coffee table type book yeah i don't know how long that book will be Hey, but you can make it into a technically, book. Technically, if it's got a cover, it's a book, right? And, and, and this was just pages? from this morning. This was just How from many this other mornings <laughs> have you found other, like, for instance, um, shove the mascara brush into your eyeball? I've done that. That's a great way to make sure you're fully awake. Here's another one. Here's another one. Uh-huh. Accidentally grab the brush that you used the last time that you put your makeup on uh-huh. and decided to try to do a smoked eye look. Okay. Um, grab that brush, use it first thing in the morning makes you look like you didn't sleep all night long and just slept in your makeup and now you have to blend it out nice that's a really good way to wake up i've got a good one put on your deodorant first okay make sure some gets on your fingers and then put your contacts in (laughs) (laughs) i know that one from experience oh it is horrible that one works really really well anything in the eyes that burns is a great way to wake up in the morning (laughs) all right you ready to shoo a dough (laughs) 
I have so many more stories to tell, but yes, let's shoot the dough. If you, hey, if you have more stories, you can feel free to share them. We've yeah. got all day. <laughs> <laughs> I do have more stories. Yeah. I wrote them down. Go ahead then. I, I edited, I did an edit video, my my debut of my video Oh, okay, aired we're, we're moving band. into the promotional aspect of the show. Do they want thought, you to see her video? I just thought that maybe you would go see it and then <laughs> give me some feedback on how that went. It was awesome. I saw it. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. It's nuts. Yeah. It's straight weird. So you can check that out uh, at, at our band. Just search for Aaron and Danae in the band.us. Or the band. I feel app. like I shouldn't have mentioned it because it was it's weird. Well, it was just it was it was very totally it was out a of little narcissistic. Field. It was <gasps> a little look at me and what I did. It was a little mom put my painting on the fridge kind of thing. But it's part of what we do. I get it. I totally understand. I feel I feel <laughs> so much conflict on the inside right now. Like I kind of want to hurt you. <laughs> I kind of want to make you feel really bad for saying that. But I think here's the here's the wonderful thing. I think you're right. I think it's not that I wanted kudos. It's that I want people to go give me good feedback. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was amazing. That's different, right? I was watching you realize that they were the same thing as you were saying it. (laughs) It was incredible. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my word. All right. uh, So it is episode 113 of Shoe the Dough. We will peruse the news, and then we're going to do some No Longer Safe on sleeping slash laziness. Uh, but first, Danae, give us the, the background. Right now, Aaron and Danae scouring the land, seeing what might be interesting to pass on to you. They call it news, and therefore we are Peruse the News. Oh, look, that was one of the best ones yet. I love it. <laughs> We're getting claps from the peanut gallery. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so here are some articles that we saw while perusing the news. Again, special thanks to our producer, Caleb Bunn, for helping us with this. I'll go first and uh, bring it down uh, just a little bit because another attack has happened in Pakistan, and that is all over the news. What? The uh, Did you not see this on Easter? No. In, in all seriousness. Like, you didn't see that, that this happened? I don't think I saw that this happened. Okay, so, so Easter Sunday morning. I remember th- that there was an apology on Facebook for something. Uh, I don't I don't think that's this. Okay. I don't think that's this at all. Oh. Uh, no, this, is, this was in Pakistan, I think in Lahore, uh, and there was, um, I mean, over 70 died, lost their oh lives, goodness. and what? almost 400 were injured. That's and awful. Including many children, and it's an absolutely awful thing. And one of the things that, uh, you know, when something like this happens, and way too much of it is happening uh, recently, I'm always amazed that there are groups, the hatred shows to me the most that there are groups that put their hands up, and they're like, I did that. Yep, this was us. We want you to know. Because, you know, they were Christians and they were celebrating Easter and we wanted them to die. And it's like, I just can't, I just can't get my brain around it. I don't know if it's how, how I was raised or just, you know, it's a totally different culture in the West or. Perhaps because you like to live your life in a position of love. <laughs> right. That can Something be part like of why that. this is confusing. Uh, considering but, that murdering, pe- murdering people is pretty dark. I, yeah. The I just, darkest. I just cannot get my brain around it. And it it's so hurtful and it's so evil and. And it's just, it's hard for me to comprehend. And I, I didn't realize you hadn't even seen that, that it had mm-hmm. happened. No. So, yeah, that was a couple of days ago. That is a major bummer. Yeah. So lots, uh, 
lots to certainly pray about with that. It's good for us to talk about these things because this is the world we live in. And one of the things I get kind of frustrated about from time to time is the mentality of when it gets bad and it gets hard, let's just run away and figure out something else to do instead of like standing our ground and trying to find ways to impact our environment. And these, these attacks, anything like this is really frustrating because I just don't know kind of what to do about it. You know? Yeah, you feel you feel powerless. You really do feel helpless. But we have a voice. Exactly. We have a voice, we have a perspective, and we can have conversations and attempt to be a persistent presence of people who are trying to have a unified, unified front of love to others and make an impact that way. That's, yeah. I mean, that's my go-to, and maybe it seems a little bit lame, but I get so overwhelmed with thinking about these kinds of dark things happening. Violence is just one of those things that... Uh, you know, it, it, it pushes me further and further into my pacifism, you know, where it's just like, I, I just, I want to love people. And I know that puts me in a vulnerable place. You know, yeah. you, if you, if you let go of your opportunity to be violent, uh, you are in a very vulnerable place, but I just, I, I don't know how else to react to stuff like this other than to be a voice and, you know, for peace. Yeah. And for the idea of nonviolent, um, you know, conversation and and reaction to what people believe, there are ways that you know you can impact your environment and kind of move forward, and that'll kind of be maybe like a little segue into my peruse the news today, which is yeah, what do you got? Brilliantly simple tower collects safe drinking water out of thin air. Nice. So, you know, here's an opportunity for people to go. Yes, there's lots of problems in the world, violence being one of them, um, hatred and all that stuff. But like another problem is food. Another problem is water. And so uh, this is mymodernmet.com. And it's called the Warka, W-A-R-K-A, Warka Water Tower. And it literally pulls the drinking water straight from thin air. And it debuted in Ethiopia. So it's now taking, it's got a really interesting, innovative kind of look to it. It doesn't even look like it's a water tower. It's really fascinating to see. It kind of looks like one of those festival poles, you know, mm-hmm. like the, where everyone kind of dances around it and has a ribbon and dances like around maypole? it. Like the maypole? Kind of looks like a maypole. Mm-hmm. Or a tower wearing a tutu. <laughs> okay. Either of those. But it's a bamboo frame recyclable biodegradable mesh uh, water tank which can be assembled by local villagers in just about four days and it can collect up to 100 liters of drinking water a day which has a lot of potential to have a lot of uh, local impact on the people so the article is really interesting it kind of goes into more detail yeah okay yeah so. so essentially the mesh Allows for condensation. Allows for condensation, and the condensation is collected into the more central part. That's beautiful. It is beautiful, and it's exciting because there's there's more creative ways to be learning about how we can um, help countries and locations that do not have good drinking water to kind of find alternate resources. And this is a low-impact one, too, where it doesn't require, you know, digging wells and bringing in all this building material yeah. to create these things that have to be maintained that they don't have the ability to maintain them this is you know simple bamboo structures and mesh things like that so I, it's really interesting it plays right into my next uh, peruse the news uh, which is a skyscraper contest for designing new and interesting types of buildings uh, tall buildings and one of them in the contest uh, one of the finalists 
was called the Cloudcraft uh, Rainmaking Skyscraper. Ooh. And it was a proposal for a building which creates rain for one of the driest regions on Earth. And it's a gorgeous looking, you know, drawing. These are all, um, what are they called? You know, just... Uh, concept art? Concept art. Yeah, there's all. this is all concept art in this article. And they are gorgeous ideas. Like some of these buildings, like you just want them to, to be built and exist. Uh, I can tell you about the winner, but I highly recommend that you do a search or you find, you know, this article on the future of skyscrapers because just to look through, there are so many of them, to look through them is is really, really beautiful. But the winner of the contest was to dig out Central Park in New York City down to its bedrock. Okay. And then create... Doesn't sound like a good idea so far. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's amazing. (laughs) And then create like lakes and mountains in there. And then the skyscraper is the wall to the park. So I can get, you can see it like a visual example of it here in, in the picture. So what happens is the, like the building around it is the skyscraper. And because it's reflective glass, it looks like you're, you know, you're in the middle of New York City, but you've got this expansive, beautiful landscape and all right, all different right. things. Great concept. Yeah. Beautiful picture. Yeah. And then it rains a lot. (laughs) And now you're trapped in a recess looking up at New York going, someone save me. I'm on a mountain in the middle of Central Park. I'm sure they'll think about that. By the way, uh, I would love to be trapped at recess. Recess is fun. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning indentation. Oh, got it. Got it. Sorry. Yes. I'd love to be trapped in a Reese's. Mm, Reese's peanut butter. That would cups. be my concept art skyscraper. <laughs> just you sunk. Just, no, just in a me, candy. No, me. Just a, a skyscraper <laughs> of Reese's peanut butter cups. Uh, you know, good until a sunny day. <laughs> and then even better. But if you look at uh, if you look at some of these, you can see like just they're gorgeous and beautiful, and they all have kind of different things that go along with them. Uh, one, you know, uses sustainable energy to host like data services and. Cool. I just think it's really neat to think about that stuff. You know, how can you better use skyscrapers? For instance, like more candy. Always a good reason. I think so. Or rainwater. Call it uh call it the the snicker scraper. The sky snicker. Sky Sky snicker. Snickers. Yeah, I like it. Sky pie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Guy. Guy. Uh my next one is extinct Siberian unicorn may have lived alongside humans. Unicorns were real. So unicorns were real. Scientists uh, have said that there's a creature which technically, okay, fine, technically looked more like a rhinoceros than a horse. Went extinct a long time ago, but they've found a skull. It Mm -hmm. is a Siberian unicorn and it roamed the earth for much longer than scientists previously thought. And I, for one, am thankful. Well, if they found... I, for one, welcome our unicorn overlords. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, this is great news because obviously at some point we'll be able to recreate them Jurassic Park style because we have a skull now. And so we've got, you know, hopefully some some DNA, DNA. Uh, dug in there somewhere. A unicorn. And we can we can make okay. unicorns and then we can then we can use their blood for magical purposes. <laughs> Here, I, like I'm not OK with recreating dinosaurs, but for some reason I'm all for the unicorn. <laughs> Like the hope well, could it possibly be that a unicorn can't swallow you whole? Could be, <laughs> unless this thing was huge and carnivorous, and then we're in trouble. What if it was? What if we're our idea trouble. of like the beautiful like rainbow the beautiful spouting unicorn. unicorn is like you know it's actually this awful, alligator head yeah, right. <laughs> with like a horn? Yes. 
It's possible. It's the most dastardly carnivore of the ancient times. I mean, scientists have in the past. Archaeologists have accidentally put wrong bones together for dinosaurs. And mm-hmm. then we find out, you know, horrible, horrible things like the Brontosaurus was not real. It turns out that the unicorn Shocking. is actually responsible for the, the extinction of the dinosaurs. Like it just went around poking holes in their bellies. Intrinsically evil. <laughs> yes. Maybe maybe we shouldn't you know bring this thing back to it would just run under the dinosaurs and just like cut their undersides with its you know majestic horn and it's evil unicorn left Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) (laughs) that's the best i could do have you seen the squatty potty yeah advertisements with the unicorn how is that okay how do they get away with that like i guess it was the only way they could actually like demonstrate what their product does because it's about going to the bathroom but well, you know, I just want in on that creative meeting. Right? I want in on the creative meeting. Okay, guys, what can we do to tell people about the Squatty Potty where they stop and pay attention? Oh, <laughs> I know. Let's make ice cream something that a unicorn s- stuffs out. Danae, <laughs> uh, ex- I've never seen ex- you excretes? afraid to Is say that the, the word right? poops. Like, <laughs> what are you... <laughs> It, yes, excretes it, defecates. There. there you go. <laughs> I was soft, trying soft serve defecation. I've had trouble with talking about bathroom experiences lately, and it's turned into these awkward moments. And so I was just trying to. Oh my goodness! With the four of us, uh, us and our spouses were oh, out we to go. eat the other day. Here we go. And Danae asks the server this simple question: Hey, if if I had a bad bathroom experience, <laughs> who should I tell about that? I think I said horrible. <laughs> yeah, if I've had a horrible bathroom experience. <laughs> Who should I talk to about that? I'm thinking a psychiatrist, maybe your mom at your the most. Doctor, certainly not your server. I, I, I admittedly, <laughs> I worded it terribly, but here's what happened: I went to the bathroom. I was closing the door behind me, and I I was facing the toilet, but I was just and I was closing the door behind me with my hand, and my thumb scraped along the surface. No. Of the door. No. And I got crud. No. Under my fingernail. You got, did you get soft serve? I, it wasn't soft. It'd okay. been there a while. And so, like, it was like all horror. You know, I was like, <gasps> what was that? And I turn and I look. And because of the coloring of the door, yeah. you could tell it had not been scrubbed or cleaned in a really long what time. What color was the door, Danae? It was a dark, dark horrible evil color <laughs> and the the grime and crud underneath the lock equally disgusting oh, so mercy. then you know I've, I've got to finish like i had to go wash my hands and then you know do my thing and then whenever <laughs> i get out it's like somebody needs to know that there are people who work at this restaurant who their job is to go clean the restroom at some point in time and yeah. it's like for I guess the last five years, no one's thought to wipe down the door really well. So right. somebody should say something. And so I had to, I wanted to make it disturbing for the waiter too. It's like just, it needed to stick in his mind. Right. And so as he was walking away, he's like, yeah, I'll tell someone. I was like, it was under my fingernail. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't you forget. Free meal now. <laughs> Cannot forget this. That's what was hiding behind the bed. That's the fear in the That's morning, right. right? That's right. Snakes, spiders, and the crud and that was on that door. Excretion. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, you ready for my last one? 
I just want to address really quickly in the chat that yes, you're right. Girls' bathrooms are supposed to be pink and flowery. I yeah, this I've one heard. was not. I've heard this one was not. Yeah, yeah. Guys' bathrooms are like Mordor. You know, they're just they're just awful. And that girls' bathrooms are like you know whatever the elf. But place have you is. ever left with crud under your fingernails from a oh, bathroom? Oh yeah, that's just a requirement actually Gross. in a guys' bathroom. No. <laughs> it's, it's, no. You must put crud under no. your fingernails before you leave. No. It's actually written on the no. wall. It's like you know how they have those checkout lists no. on hotel doors. You know when you leave. No. <laughs> Please make sure you have soiled your hands. All right, we're gonna give everybody a moment to go wash your hands. Maybe do some of the. What is it called when you squeeze? Disinfect it? Disinfect yourself. Uh -huh. Yes. We're going to, everybody, go gargle whatever you have to do to feel clean. Gargle? Did you lick the door? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Part That's of, really gross. Like, you put your fingernails in your mouth sometimes, and then all of a sudden it's there, too. It spreads. Listen, <laughs> people always ask me why I, I use, like, the, the, <laughs> uh, the collar of my shirt to scratch my face. <laughs> this is why. Because our hands are filthy. All right? I want to go back to bed. <laughs> well, that's appropriate, considering we're talking about sleep today. Uh, all right, uh, on to my last one. Seven, millions, seven million Americans at risk of man-made earthquakes, the United States Geological Society says. Wait, what? At risk of man-made earthquakes. Is this from everybody like jumping up and down doing <laughs> jump rope at the same time? Like what? Yes, Danae. <laughs> yes, it is from the jump rope competition. Synchronized Double jump Dutch. rope. Double it's Dutch is bringing down our country. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no, it's from fracking. So a lot of the processes of, you know, finding oil under the earth, those kind of things uh, have put several sections of the United States at risk of earthquakes that they wouldn't have been at risk of otherwise. Great. So West Coast, which go, like, they race. need more earthquake risk. And then uh, right here in the Midwest where we're from is the other place. That's so not good. Right around us. Kind of kind of where like all oh, those what's states. What's the fault line that we're on in Missouri? Um, I believe it's the no fault insurance line. I think is the. There's <laughs> no money. Uh, I don't know. I didn't know we were on a fault line. Oh yes, we are. Whose fault is it? Really? I just asked. All these setups for your jokes. <laughs> That's my life existed to be your don't fault. Don't make me girl. shake you down for an answer. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm gonna get upset. <laughs> I gotta just walk away from this and go on to my final one. Uh, yeah, so uh, beware of earthquakes. New okay. Madrid. Uh, is that what it is? Thank you, chat. Thank you're, you, thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> All right, what's oh, your yeah, last you just one? turned into the chat. Yeah. Uh, my final one is a mental trick of Olympic athletes that can radically increase your productivity. Ooh. We talked about music. This is another one. If you visualize the tasks in your mind before you do them, it's a benefit. There's a lot of other examples about how, you know, different athletes will will do this kinds of thing. Mm -hmm. But basically, that's kind of some to sum it up. If you're going at an activity, prepare yourself mentally for it by thinking about it. I read uh, an article similar to this when I was in high school, you know, like ages ago. Uh, and I was a basketball player and I would just think about shooting free throws like over and over and over again. And it was one of those things where I I didn't know if it was really having an impact or doing anything for me, but I was going to do it because I was told, you know, if you visualize it, it, you'll become better at it kind of thing. Apparently it's true. So 
Maybe that's maybe that's why I'm a professional basketball player to this day. As we transition into this next topic of laziness, the perception of laziness and napping. Uh-huh. How do you mentally prepare for a nap? <laughs> do you just clear your mind and and visualize? Sleeping? Just visualize yourself sleeping, and you will be sleeping before long. Uh, that's the way it happens mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Well. I'm just saying this is excellent tie-in because if we all just prepare ourselves for a nap, this next part of the podcast is just going to be us talking about sleeping. <laughs> no, not really. It, it's just going to be us snoring and actually sleeping. No, this next part of the podcast is to thank the people that support the podcast and make it possible. Ooh, ooh I love this part there of the you show. Go. Do, 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 do. Dance party. Do, 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 do. So, sometimes we play this music for our... An exclusive pre-show dance party. Yeah, thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Uh, if you haven't been to our Patreon, there are some fun things there, some fun perks. It's how we do the show. Uh, it's how the whole podcast network is supported. Uh, the Shoe the Dough Podcast Network. So uh, that includes this podcast as well as two other podcasts. And you can go and give a buck a month, three bucks a month, ten bucks a month, and it'll help keep us on the on the air doing this thing. Of course, the podcast is free to the public. It's on iTunes and Stitcher, so you can always share it with your friends and family, and thank you guys so much for doing that. But it's made possible by our super fans who give at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. So thank you go for going there and checking out our, our page. I mean, even if you just go look at it. Just go look at it. There's a picture there and everything. <laughs> it's kind of cool. There's words. There's... There's bullet points. Uh huh. Yeah. You um, keep going. And there's I got more music here. And there's a there's a picture <laughs> that's there. Also, more words. And You're making it sound amazing. It is. Oh oh, and they're all put in order that makes sense. What? There you go. Oh, and there's colors. <laughs> <laughs> but is there a unicorn? That's Not what yet. we're all asking. Not. Yes. Your support is very much appreciated, and thank you to all those who uh, keep us going uh, here at the Shoe the Dough Network. You are loved and appreciated, and you're the best, honestly. Very, very cool. Honestly. Um, I can't believe this. I don't know how to feel about this. What happened? Um, Maria has fallen asleep. She she has found her way to a reclined position. Maria. And is falling asleep. Is not used to getting up. Early in the morning. She's been uh-huh. with us since 6.30 this morning. That's true. She's been helping us this all day today. This is not normal for her. And all, all during our morning show. All day. And she has purposefully been avoiding the couch. Because <laughs> she said, if I make it to the couch, I'm not going to be able to stay awake. So she's been sitting on the floor. She's been moving around. But she got to the couch. Yeah, it was over. It was over. I looked over. Eyes were closed. Oh, I took a picture. <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show. I will show you the picture later on. Uh, I did want to talk about a few things with sleep today, and there was a study actually that came out recently about napping that has really depressed Danae, uh, because apparently napping puts you at greater risk for heart disease. This is awful. Uh, even just like 40, if you nap for over 40 minutes during a day, then you're at a greater risk for heart disease. Yeah, this is bad news for me because I take naps longer than 40 minutes. 90 minutes puts you at a 50% greater risk for heart disease. I am over that as well. (laughs) I sometimes can nap for two and a half to three hours. Really? Okay. I'll go home sometimes after a long day. Uh Let's say it's around three o'clock. I get home. Yeah. I fall asleep. I wake up. It's suddenly like dinner time. Okay. I have a sneaky snack 
And then I'm like, what am I going to do now? And then I fall back asleep and I go to bed because that's what you do <laughs> at 830 whenever you have to get up early. I am not a nap person. I don't want to die of a heart attack, though. No, you So shouldn't. do I just keep myself awake? Yes. With what? <laughs> How do I do this? Let's talk about that. Fear. All the things you talk. <laughs> Spray yourself with hot coffee. We've been through this. <laughs> In like 20 years. Physician, heal thyself. I'll have like these little circular dot scars from coffee marks on my face. Just uh-huh. trying to keep That's myself right. awake. Danae, how, why are you so burned? Because I'm not supposed to take a nap. Uh, I think for me, I've just never been much of a napper. And so it's it's not something I've done. I actually read an article on uh, sleep. I don't know. This was probably six or seven years ago that said it's not about how much sleep you get as much as it is about that you sleep the same time every day. So like if you go to bed at 10 o'clock and get up at six o'clock, you know, and do that consistently, you'll feel better be healthier, have more energy, all that stuff. And even if you go to bed at midnight and get up at six o'clock every morning, as long as it's that same six hours, as long as it's like six hours or more, that you should be fine because your body gets into that rhythm, you know, over the the course of time. Mentioned in the chat was people who nap more than one hour a day also more likely to develop type two diabetes. There you go. (sighs) But I love naps. (laughs) Well, you just have to ask yourself if they're worth the risk. Well... I love dreaming because it's like an adventure. Yeah, yeah, I might not like to go see the movies, but I see the movies of my mind all the time. Because <laughs> every night I have fantastic adventures in my dreamland. And then there whenever I fall asleep and have a nap, I have another fan- like wonderful kind of adventure in mm-hmm. my dreams. And then I wake up and it's back to my real life. So that's why I go back to sleep again. <laughs> Wait, that makes me sound like I don't like my life. You like your life. I love my life. Yeah, you do. Life is great. <laughs> I think napping is good. Well, I, I, don't I mean, know. the studies aren't necessarily backing you up. The other thing. I'm going to go find another study then. You're going to go find the napping is good study? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you just keep talking. I'm going to be multitasking. I am listening to do you. Want, you want me, you want to tell, you want me to tell the other thing that I found out about sleep? Mm-hmm. I do. Speaking of waking up, you can wake yourself up in the morning. You don't have to use an alarm clock. This is another thing I learned maybe like four years ago or so is that if you are willing to try it and give yourself time to kind of move into it, you can be your own internal alarm clock. Talk from personal experience. So I, for the last four years, have not used, maybe even longer than that, have not used any sort of alarm clock. And I can wake myself up at any given time just by telling myself what time to wake up the next day. So if I need to get up, let's say, super early to be at the airport for a flight, you know, at four o'clock, I'll just tell myself to wake up at 3.30 and my body wakes me up at 3.30. It's amazing. It's fun. It's wonderful. It's Nobody crazy. believes me. I can't do it. I tried to do it. And what happened the next day? Oh, I didn't see you at work until an hour after you were supposed to be there. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> hey, Janae, you should try but this way But it doesn't happen in one day. You've got to give yourself time to, you know, to figure it out. But when your job is to be at a microphone doing a show in the morning, <laughs> you can't do that. Uh, I don't know. I've often thought it's possible maybe I don't get as deep a sleep because my, you know, my brain is aware of when I need to wake up, but I feel like I get good sleep when I do that. Okay, I just wanted to quote this website. Okay, go ahead. Sleepfoundation.org. Thought you were going to help me out. <laughs> Here's what I've learned so far. More than 85% of mammalian species are polyphasic sleepers. What? Meaning that they sleep for short periods throughout the day. 
Oh. There you go. This is not helpful. <laughs> well, that's napping. Short periods throughout the day. Maybe you're just polyphasic. Is it polyphasic or phasic? I would have. I would have. Phasic because it's a phase. Yeah, I would have thought it was <laughs> many phases. So smart. Many phases of Those sleep. Science people naming things. <laughs> Humans are part of the minority of monophasic sleepers. Oh no! Meaning We're monophasic. Our days are divided into two distinct periods: one for sleep and one for wakefulness. <laughs> is this not like really duh? It is not clear. Well, that this is the natural sleep pattern of humans. It should be, but you know, young children and elderly persons, for example, nap, and it's a very important aspect of many cultures. There you go, including Denise culture. (laughs) Which are you, a young child or elderly? Naps can be typed in three different ways. Do you want to guess the three different kinds of napping? Um, No. Planned napping. Okay. (laughs) Emergency napping. I don't know what that is. Call 911. <laughs> and habitual napping. What just happened to Maria would be considered emergency napping. Is that it? is, occurs when you are suddenly very tired and cannot continue with the activity you were originally <laughs> engaging of, in. <laughs> I'm thinking of like the animal that like when it's threatened, f- like falls asleep. Isn't there uh, some animal that like when it's in a life threatening situation, it falls asleep? That's what I'm thinking for emergency <laughs> napping. It's like I'm about to get eaten by a bear. I'm snoring. That's emergency for sure. We're yeah. faking it. Yeah. Wow. This this website was not helpful at all. No, no, you really shouldn't now. However, there's now like a quiz on the side I can take to find out how acidic my body is, considering I drink a lot of coffee, assuming pretty acidic. So let's let's turn this a little bit uh, as we kind of continue in this conversation. You are, uh, all joking aside, you love naps. You take yeah. them whenever you can. You Whenever you know, I'm allowed. Whenever you're allowed to get a nap, you get a nap. Do you ever feel the people in your life, I guess, you know, possibly parents, husband, you know, kind of people who know you the best, mm-hmm. judge you for that? Like, is there any element of, you know, uh, lack of productivity or anything like that associated with your napping that you felt from anybody in your life? If I were in a like a more, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? like a normal work environment, mm-hmm. you know, where you're going and you're punching a clock and things like that. And I asked my boss if I could take a nap mm-hmm. to be more productive. I think that they would believe that that is not a good thing. Right. Because you're not supposed to be sleeping on the job. <laughs> well, some some so. places, some progressive work environments, you know, exactly. allow cots and those kind of things. And- That's exactly where I'm going. <laughs> progressive thinking tells us if you allow your workers to discover their own rhythm and be productive inside their, you know, bursts of energy right. and regulate themselves, then I think that there's something that's really beautiful about that. So, for example, you look at models like the where Google, for example, being one of the biggest um, corporations that we have right now that's really showing us the example of letting people self-work and mm-hmm. self-motivate. Yeah. And if they need to take a break, take a break. And they have nap rooms set up and everything where you can just go and unplug and unwind. I think there's something really beautiful about being able to stop and dial down and then come back, you know, with a new fresh energy. So I don't think that my husband and people who I work with being you, Aaron, which I guess you're the one that can answer that question better than I can. I don't think that I'm perceived as being lazy because I'm not putting off all my work and just napping. Yeah. I'm busting my rear and then taking naps when I need to have downtime. 
So is is busting and if any of you think otherwise we'll be having a conversation <laughs> so you use a phrase in there it's uh busting my rear like working hard yeah what does hard work look like because this is what i struggle with i never look like i'm working hard right like you you work with me a lot you know do i do i ever you know do i sweat when i work you know what i mean i don't mean literally but do you see like the you know the pressures the, the pressure of you know when mm-hmm. i'm working on something or doing something no i don't and we've had to talk about that too because i think what we're talking about here is perception of your ability yes. to work yeah and what that means yeah i don't i think everybody if you're allowed to really find your own pacing you will discover that a lot of people's way of working is just looks different than what yours does mhm but if the work is getting done, then it's getting done. And that's, but don't you think part of that is also a cultural thing? Like oh, our for sure. Western culture is a workaholic culture. And maybe I'm showing my biases by having a negative connotation to like the word workaholic. But it's this idea that if you're not always, you know, putting effort or working, you know, like a visible effort into something, that you're not working hard enough, you're not a self starter, you're not, you know, all these things. I hate that about our work culture. And I also hate it about, Parts of our just, you know, like peer culture too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like people want to see you work. Yeah, they want to see you hurt. They want to see you. That's really right. They want to see the pain some, of it. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And if you're not showing signs of pain or whatever, then or stress or stress, then they're mm-hmm. assuming that you're not doing something. You're not right. working hard enough, and that yeah. makes me nuts because yeah. I don't want to stress out at my job. Right. I don't have to do. I can do whatever I want. If I wanted to leave this job and go work someplace else that makes mm-hmm. me happier, then I'll go do that. Right. You know, I've thankfully found something that I really love to do. And so I'm committing myself to doing this work. And there are pros and cons to any kind of workload. Right. But like being able to craft out our own way of going at our workload has been really interesting because you and I work together all the time to to make you know, three different radio shows, three different podcasts and whatever else can comes out of this creative mm-hmm. environment. We have to think of it, make it happen, culture it, release yeah, yeah. it, you know, maintain it. All well, I would things. say I'm working harder now than I ever have before. Right. Now that nobody is looking over my shoulder and saying, you have to work, you have to do this. I'm being more productive. I'm doing more things. And and it's also the easiest work has ever been. Too, which is an interesting, you know, kind of thing as well. Like I'm doing more, working harder, but I've never had more joy in what I'm doing than now. I guess it's good to give a little background, you know, with with what we did. We we worked together under a work environment for a couple of years, and now we've worked together outside of, you know, kind of self-employed, so to speak, for almost a couple of years. And so we've kind of had both those experiences and kind of seen the, you know, kind of the different thing there. And I think that one of the issues is when you're under authority, which is perfectly okay. Pretty normal. Yeah, I mean, it's... Pretty the, normal. Probably, what, 90% of the workforce. Right. You're and, underneath somebody else who is governing your job. There's And there there are good things about that. You know, there, there can be good things about that. But the problem becomes our inability to see how the way we work or the way we do things influences how we think people who work for us should be doing things. Uh, evident in many experiences in my life and feedback is you're a unique person and everyone's going to go about things uniquely. We might have mm-hmm. similarities in how we reach a conclusion, 
But when you're freed up to reach that conclusion on your own and find your own work pace, I think that's like really, really exciting. It's been something that I've been excited to do. And, you know, if if, if we have someone like, well, Maria's here today, for example, mm-hmm. if we we're going to have Maria go on a task, we might have to guide, you know, like the general steps to get from point A to point B because we do such unique work in this environment. Right. right. But if she can kind of pick up something and then figure out her own way of reaching the same goal, as long as it's by, let's say, hey, three o'clock today is the deadline, get there however you want. That's exciting to me. Yeah. You know, to be able to give people the ability to discover their own way of completing a task. Well, I know personally, even in our work relationship that I, that parts of the way I work do annoy you. Like they, they get on your nerves and especially the idea of, I work best in the 11th hour. So like I will put things off for a while. And that stresses me out. And that that really stresses you out. And Well, because my way is the right way. <laughs> Isn't that what we're talking about? No. <laughs> that is what we're talking about. And that's what makes it so difficult, right? Because we are all different, yet we have to work together. You know, it's defining a common goal. If a common goal is to accomplish, you know, completing a show or whatever by a certain time in yeah. the day. Yeah, yeah then you just have to trust that the person that you're working with understands what they're responsible for. And you know what you're responsible for. If you don't like what, if I don't like what you're doing, Aaron, I need to be willing to take it off of your plate and do it myself. Well, sometimes that's my opinion. Some, but that's not always true because you, you have responsibilities. And if you agree on a division of responsibilities in something's not getting done, that doesn't mean you have to do it if you want it done. But it may you, mean if, if you want you it done come, a certain way, you need to do it yourself. Right. But if you come back and you're like, well, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do it this way and then it'll be done. And I, I still don't like it. Like, I have to be willing to take that kind of off of your plate. Right. So, you know, we can get. No, I think I understand what you're saying. Let's get into a fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I really want to talk about is um, the from the perspective of like corporate, like a corporate perspective. Right. Okay. Uh, I was talking with my uh, friend, I think it was yesterday, and she was describing to me that. You know, in her work environment, people are paid um, salary, but they still have to report what they're doing every hour. And they're still required to work eight hours a day and show specifically that they're working in these right. particular areas. Yeah. And then and, and then that is all fed into a simple like spreadsheet. And that spreadsheet has a number associated with it. And then somewhere in some corporate desk in another state is some guy. And if he sees like, a number off somewhere it's flagged you wow. know and just this kind of thing where like but if you're paid salary you should have the freedom to be able to be trusted by your employees to do the work that needs to get done mm-hmm. you know so it's just like this interesting sort of world we live in right where you just have to figure out where you want to best fit in or how you have to kind of give up some of your gov- like for for somebody who wants to work get a great paycheck have great insurance and just punch a clock, yeah. you know, that's fine. And that's actually a great way to live. You can just sort of like let go of a lot of the yeah, sure. other responsibilities sure. of having to maintain what it it's takes kind of the, to do a huge corporate America type. It's kind of the data workforce. entry of, you know, workforce, you know, it's just turn off your brain, do what, you know, you've been told to do every day, you mm-hmm. know, kind of thing. And I, I guess maybe that's a negative way to say, I didn't mean that to sound negative because I don't mean that that's an unintelligent way to work. No, Turn no. off your brain. I just mean it's, it's a different type of focus. It's, it's a, a physical focus mm-hmm. rather than an intellectual focus. And I can understand in that case where you have like an outline, like you wouldn't want somebody coming in. Let's say that you have a crayon making factory and you make all these crayons and they have to be all these particular, 
you know, size to fit into the box. And it's a very complicated series of events. And so you've created a whole bunch of machines to do that. So it's done perfectly. You don't want someone coming in and being like, I want to do them by hand. I'll help turn off all the machines. And, you know, mm-hmm. someone who's creative like that, you want to put them into a different role where they can really experience the fullness of what they're excited to do you know what i'm saying so sometimes you have to tell someone that's just not an option the answer is no and if you don't like what is happening in this workspace you have to go you know find something someplace else in in many ways i find it interesting because i think our work culture like western work culture the work hard you know kind of thing almost punishes efficiency so if you can figure out how to do something quickly and better you're punished because then you you're given more to do you know, or, you know, something like that. So, or you're seen as lazy because half the time you're not working because you figure out how to do what you need to do in, you know, a shorter amount of time. Uh, I remember even in school, you know, being told that I didn't work hard enough. So I'd get a lower grade. So I get a lower grade on a paper, even though the paper itself, the teacher very specifically said, you know, this is a great paper. This is an A plus paper. But you didn't appear to be working. But you didn't appear to work hard on it, enough on it. So I'm giving you a C, you know, and it's just like, What? Like, how does that, you know, that doesn't make sense to my efficiency minded brain where I'm like, my, my way of handling that was just not to go to school. (laughs) Just so you know, kids stay in school, stay in school, endure it. (laughs) But that is part of it. The, the, the part that's hard about living life is that you have people who have begin been given authority over you. Mm -hmm. You've got parents that were given authority over you. You've got guardians who are given authority over you. Then you go into school and it's your teachers and you go into the workforce and it's your boss. And at almost every turn, there's someone telling you their version of what you need to be doing. Right. And the hope is that you can carve out for yourself a friendship, a a relationship, a marriage, a mentorship, some kind of a relationship where you can be your authentic self. And the only expectation is that you just be you. And then growing from that, it may explode into, you know, other very interesting parts of your life. I think that's why people love hobbies so much. Mm. Because if you love to, I don't know, just watching NCIS, so we'll say, you know, work on boats. Have you ever seen NCIS? No, I don't watch. I don't watch NCIS. I don't watch any of the initial shows anymore. Gibbs, he does it. Um, (laughs) Good old Gibbs. You know, here's this guy. And I know this is a total fictitious person, but like, here's this guy. We love the Gibber. He has all the stuff that he does. Yeah. He solves crimes. Yeah. But he really loves to go make boats. Yeah, he does. And he'd probably be happy just doing that forever. Yeah. Or like you like to like your hobbies that you do and you do movie reviews and you do all those things. Like yeah. You love crafting that environment. It's because no one can tell you what not what to do in that. That's <laughs> fully. I do what I want. Yeah, exactly. It's fully what you want to do. And I think that's why we find hobbies. And I wish that we lived in an environment where from our hobbies would grow a resource for us to be able to provide an income to our families. Well, and we are supremely blessed in that pretty much that's our life. You right, know, yeah. like I, right now it I, is. Speak from humility and say, you know, uh, that's we are blessed to live in a world where talking into a microphone and, you know, talking about movies in my case actually provides income for, you know, my family. And that's not the case with everybody. So you're right. There are different situations where, Sometimes you go to work and the work is a means to, you know, survival. It's not a means to creative outlet or passion or purpose. And that's difficult, but that's a very real part of most people's lives. We hear stories um, regularly of people who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, in 
into this next part of your life when you think you're supposed to like get out of high school and then go make the dream happen. Yeah. But no, you just experience life. You try to find like-minded people and environments where you're maybe allowed to just breathe a bit and maybe be a little bit more of a leader in ways that you want to. And, and then maybe later on you have an ability to take that step in your forties, fifties, sixties or whatever to fully embrace a dream that you have because the resources and the time Mm -hmm. has been put in and you have the ability to do that. Um, another thing I kind of want to talk about though, is also one thing I do not like about our work culture, um, is that I think it's okay. I think you're going to agree with me, Aaron. I think it's okay to know yourself well enough to tell your boss or your creative partners or whoever you're working with. No, I don't think I can do that. Yeah. To be able to say no, it'd be nice. Like if it's part of your job description, uh, you should have said no before you took that job <laughs> at the crayon factory that is run by unicorns. Apparently, according to chat, um, <laughs> I don't want to. If the ice cream, I don't know. I don't know where the crayons come from. If you were, I don't want to know where the crayons come from. If you were hired to make sure that there is a like you know a standard for those crayons as they go onto the yeah. trucks. And you decide you, you're going to tell your boss, no, this isn't what I want to do. But that's what you're getting paid for. You know, there's, there's consequences for that. But if somebody approaches you at your job or maybe at an environment, this happens a lot in churches where someone says, that's a hey, great, yeah, hey, that's a great thing to bring up. You are really, really good at insert whatever. Here, yeah, yeah. Welcoming people or singing or praying or, you know, whatever. Will you do this? I want to live in a world where you can say, no, I'm sorry. It's and not be judged for it. Not only not be judged for it, but not have to explain yourself. <laughs> right. Like I want to be able to work with people where I can say, no, I don't think that that's for me right now or whatever, uh-huh. you know, yeah. and not be like immediately thought that, oh, well, that just shows that you're not a, a, a team player. Right. Because yeah. we all should be the ones inside of our own minds that know our schedule and know our abilities and know our capacity. Yeah, self-aware enough to understand, you know, where we can best be used in a work environment. Um, you know, at the same time, there is growth that can happen from stretching, right? There's growth that can happen from doing things that maybe are outside your comfort zone. You know, there are those moments where I think we are stretched in a way that is beneficial to us. Absolutely. I agree with you. And and maybe even find something that we're good at that we didn't realize we were good at. But or, there, there is a difference between someone challenging you. Like, let's say that you asked me to do something and I say no. And you you would come back and say something like, I think this would be really good for you. Here are the reasons why. Yeah. Like have a conversation. Think about it. Yeah. But what I don't want to have to do is stand in front of somebody and get real with them because people get really awkward whenever I get real. Like <laughs> I'm I'm totally fine with saying like if they say, you know, well, why don't you want to join the worship team or well, why don't you want to be a greeter? And you can be like, I have so much mental stress right now that I'm afraid that if somebody asks me how it's going, <laughs> that I'm going to tell them I'm really stressed. And are you OK with that energy being at the door? Because if you're OK with right. a real life environment, I will be your greeter. <laughs> You know, I'll be your greeter. We'll mm-hmm. try it out. They'll be coming in the door with my burdens too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I just, you know. I'd love to attend this church <laughs> where the greeter team. <laughs> oh, that'd be so great, wouldn't it? <laughs> is made up of just people who are about ready oh, to get real that. with their life. You know? I love that. Like all of them. How hilarious people, would that well, be? Instead of just welcoming people in with, you know, like the big grin and the handshake, welcome them in with, man, my life stinks right now. How's yours? <laughs> oh, 
I just had a huge argument and I can't get over it. Can I tell you about my horrible bathroom experience? (laughs) 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 And then like you're handing out like Clorox wipes, you know, to everybody as they're walking in the door. This would be wonderful. I don't know. I just think like we try so hard to create systems, you know, that work for everyone. And then we forget that those systems, they can work for a time, but you need to be willing to grow with them and close shop on old things that aren't working any longer. Yeah. And maybe the work environment is one of those, but for sure, I think something that we should begin to close our, close the door on and just let go of is judging other people's work behavior, work styles. If at the end of the day, they're still being productive and doing what needs to be done, then let them do their job. And if you think that they should be doing more than what they're doing, then be willing to pay them more. (laughs) There you go. Because I I don't I don't like like I worked at a job once, you know, where mm-hmm. I was supposed to answer phone calls um, at a call center. Yeah. And I worked in this like highest level of customer care and we would get these calls. But like the program had just started. So the calls were like trickling in mm-hmm. and it was maybe like one call for the entire day when it first launched. And I'm getting paid good money to just sit there and do nothing. And you know what? Like they were like, well, maybe we can just go ahead and get the emails done. Let's just go in and help with emails. So we did that. We got it all done in like half of a day. Mm-hmm. Then we just sat there and talked and, you know, had a good time. Yeah. It's like I my time was still valuable. My experience and my training was still valuable. Does it mean that I wasn't a good employee because there wasn't the work there? Mm-hmm. No, they didn't pay me less. You know, they didn't come and just dump a whole bunch of work on top of us. They could have. And eventually they kind of did. They changed the program and they like they loaded us full of work because, you know, we were there in the seat. But I don't know. I just I want to live in a future. This is it. This is it. Aaron. Here's okay. The, you I got, got the answer. I got the answer. Okay. We need to take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> world domination. It's always the answer. I think it's a good idea. Uh I want to tell uh, maybe maybe this is kind of where we close off, but I want to. Not just say that, you know, because this, well, I'll admit it, this comes from a very personal place with me. Uh, I have been labeled lazy by, you know, several different employers, different people I've worked with. Uh, The thing that happens is you start to wonder, you know, you start to believe it yourself, even though you believe you're doing good work and you believe that you're putting effort into things, you start to let that influence your own view of yourself. And I don't mind growth that can occur from honest conversations about weaknesses. That's that's great. Right. But I do mind if I'm letting uh, people's poor attitude towards judging me because I'm different than them change how I you know feel about how God has designed me, if that makes sense mm-hmm. in that way. Uh, I remember very vividly um, my first job, my very first job out of college. I'd been there, you know, just a few weeks. It was at a church. I was a youth Soft pastor. Soft serve yogurt. Time. Soft serve yogurt. Yeah, that was my first Rainbow job. Rainbow colored. I had to uh, milk unicorns. Gross. Oh, Aaron. <laughs> no. Okay, no. moving on. Moving on. No, we went on a missions <laughs> trip, and one of the people on the missions trip called me in and said that I was being lazy. I wasn't working hard enough on the missions trip because I wasn't doing the kind of work he was doing. Um, and not only that, said that he didn't believe he could trust me with his teenage sons because I would be such a bad example to them of what it meant to 
be a man who works hard. And, oh, you love hearing that stuff. All this kind. Of, no, it kills. I'm like it destroys. It's a great way me. to start off your work career. <laughs> I know, right? Just get the hardest thing ever over with right at the beginning. <laughs> That's true. There's some truth <laughs> in that. There's some truth That's in awful. that. Um, and and it really impacted me. And it's you know perception. What? It it was his perception. You know what happened the next day? Because I'm the person I am. I did his kind of work. Like I was visibly, it. yeah, I was visibly, you know, working. I was doing, you know, laborious work as opposed to the work that I thought I was there to do, which was to go out in the community and meet like, you know, the youth and the kids in the, cause it was in Portugal and like play basketball with them and like make those relationships. Uh, I did the work that he was interested in doing and you know what? Did not change his opinion of me. No. You know, and I realized, I think in that moment that if you're different from somebody and they're going to judge you for being different than them. It's you cannot change that. Like there's nothing you can do that will make them see you in the you know proper context or in the right way. You can have uh, follow up conversations and attempt to repair a misperception. Sure, but we there's healing that can happen anywhere. We're human. We make judgment calls sometimes in error, and until you have humility and you're willing to say I was wrong about that, and I'm just going to try to start from a fresh place. You can't be in control of someone else saying that, though. That right. can be your heart, but it, they might not respond the same way. There have been many times in many relationships, some of them very fresh that I can think of, where the perception of me was so wrong. And all you can do is what my dad taught me, which is in time, they'll see. And if they don't, it's okay because your audience is for one. You know, you mm-hmm. wake up in the morning and you go do what you've been called to do. And if you have been called to do a job and you have a vision for it and you're doing it to the best of your ability and only God sees it, that's enough. Yeah. And it's hard to live that way because you want other people to see it. You want other people to go look at your nebulous how to tutorial video and tell you (laughs) that it is amazing. But you know what? It's between me and God and we had a good time. So that's all that matters. There you go. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, I love having the deeper conversations and kind of opening up a little bit personally. That's something that's, you know, been a very personal thing of mine for a while. And, uh, I'm glad we kind of started to talk about it. Yeah, it's it's good to kind of get that out there and chat a little bit. And maybe you're kind of like us and you've been through seasons where you've had to kind of work for other people, maybe been you know, trying to figure out how you can be yourself inside of another construct. And we can offer a lot of encouragement in that. You know, there is a time and place for you to spread your wings and fly. We hope that you find an outlet. Don't give up on it. Uh, But if you're called to stay right where you are, you're not alone. And hopefully, you know, you can just link arms with this fun community that we're building here at Shoe the Dough and find some great friends to ride out your work week with. Because that happens in band. It sure does. you guys are supposed to be working. <laughs> we know you're chatting. We see you. Thanks so much for shooting the dough with us today. Shoe the Dough is part of the Shoe the Dough podcast network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Shoe the Dough. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Shoe the Dough. You can also download the Mixler app and listen that way. Uh, you can also find out more about Aaron and Danae. That's us at AaronandDanae.com. Uh, huge thanks to Admiral Akbar for doing today's intro. Woo-hoo! Also, Chris Tilly for composing the intro music to Shoe the Dough. Yeah. Also, production assistance on today's episode from Caleb Bunn. And of course, much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the Shoe the Dough network possible. I just got a new Patreon supporter yeah. during our show. Thank so you so much. We thank appreciate you for that. that. Support starts at a dollar a month and comes with some fun perks. Find out more at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. 
Also, if you know of a podcast or have a podcast idea that you'd like to see on the network, you can let us know. All feedback is welcome at AaronAndDanae at gmail.com. Now I got to go milk the unicorns. That's Don't. Do not say that. There that was, is not allowed. The vanilla bean had a low yield this year, so vanilla ice cream is in short supply. We need to find some unicorns. Okay. <laughs> okay, carry on. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.